Well, thank God we're here again. And this is day number 176 of 180-day growth plan. And I, I really trust and pray that you've been challenged, that you're growing, that you're learning, um, that you're allowing God to speak to your heart uh, each time that we share. And also, even beyond these times, this is like a starter pack or a, um, a pointing in a certain direction. But you and God have a relationship that is so valuable. And I hope that these talks have been encouraging enough to you to improve on that relationship. Day number 176, Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 3 and 4. The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee again. I will build thee, and thou shalt be built, O virgin of Israel. Thou shalt again, shalt again be adorned with thy tablets, and shall go forth in the dances of them that make merry. This is a promise that we enjoy reading about, where God says, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee, right? We love to read that. But we often miss the entire process connected to the statement. See, when God says he will draw you with loving kindness, some of us forget that the concept of discipline is also included in the loving kindness of God. Hebrews 12, verse 6, it says, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Yeah, that's what it says. If I love you, I'm going to get you, right? I'm going to scourge you. I receive you. I'm going to spank you when necessary. See, God's love is connected to his system of correction and discipline. And discipline helps to separate us from anything and anyone standing in the way of our growth. Even if the thing standing or the person standing in the way is us. If we're standing in our own way, God will work on us. Tremendous uh, emphasis and pressure on us. So we will get out of our own way. See, this is a very personal, individual work that God does in each of our lives. Two people can live in the same house and or be part of the same family or uh, be in the same school system, working together, whatever you're doing. And they can receive discipline from God in two different manners. Look at the story of Mary and Martha. You can see the, the, the approach, the wording that Jesus used with the two sisters there. Lazarus, I mean the whole thing. In other words, most of God's work in this world, and I want you to hear me because we're looking for God to do miracles and all this kind of stuff, and he does. Oh, man, yes, he does. But most of his work in this world is working on you and me to get us to die to our way of doing things and embrace his way 
of doing things. That's it. That's it. God is not in the business of encouraging bad behavior. So sometimes in the process of shaping our lives, God will allow punishment and pain to change our behaviors. You've heard people say, I finally got sick and tired of being sick and tired, right? Sometimes punishment and pain is purely the work of the enemy. There, there are instances in the Bible we read of when different believers were thrown in the prison, right? That was the work of the enemy trying to discourage them, right? But there are times when God will allow the pain to come to discipline his children. And we need to dis determine or discern the difference. You know, there are times in the Bible when um, the apostle Paul would be stoned, man. They'd like stoned to death. They thought he was gone and dead. That was the work of the enemy trying to destroy him, right? Yeah. But there are times when God would allow the pain to come to discipline his children. So when punishment comes, when pain comes into our lives, we have to ask the question, is this something the enemy is trying to do to discourage me? The stoning, the jailing, the restriction, the pain, the death, the misery. Or is this something God is using to try to teach me a lesson? Let me give you an example. We read a very strange story in 2 Samuel chapter 12. The entire chapter is just amazing. But in this story, the prophet Nathan is confronting David. You may be familiar with it. Because of David's sin of adultery and murder and deception, right? So the man of God has come now to confront David over these issues. God had anointed David and was in the process of giving him all his heart's desired. Yet David took what did not belong to him. He murdered a man to cover up his sin. I believe the thing that hurt God the most was the length to which David went in order to hide what he was doing wrong in his life. I mean, had God... Had David turned to God while lusting after the man's wife and say, God, this is what's going on with me. Man, he and God could have dealt with that and worked through that issue and not having gone down that road, right? Or even after having committed adultery, going to God, God would have disciplined him in some way, but he didn't have to make it worse and worse and worse. See, this is the real deal of faith and trust in God, not just when you're standing, but trust him when you fall. See, we want to know the heart of God so well that when we are off track, when, when we, we, we are off the, the process, when we are off the agenda, we stop running from him and run back to him. Are you, are you getting that? Not No, not that God is celebrating and, and you being wrong and me being wrong, any of that. No, 
But the heart of God is if you are off, get back on track. That's why he sends the word repent and be converted. Your sins will be blotted out. He sends the message out. That's why God comes running after people. Do you see that? Yeah. It would have been good for David to run to God. Instead, what did David do? He just tried to continue covering it up. And he opened up a door of death that did not stop when he murdered that woman's husband. No. As a result of this sin, death would also walk up in his house and bring his own sons to the grave. He was sexually impure with someone else's wife. And before it was over, women precious to David was sexually abused in a public manner. And here's what verse 10 through 17 says, Now therefore the son, enough therefore rather the sword shall never depart from thine house, because thou hast despised me, and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house. And I will take thy wives before thine eyes and give them unto thy neighbor. And he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of this son. For thou didst secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the son. And David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, the Lord hath put away your sin. You're not going to die. How how? How be it, because of this deed, thou hast given occasion to the enemy of the Lord to blaspheme. The child also that is born of thee shall surely die. Father, would you help us wherever we are in our journey with you to stop running from you? And to turn and run to you. That is the lesson you want us to get. To stop, to stop the process that the enemy is, is laughing about and using to his advantage. And just run to you. Run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. No matter what is going on, run back to God. If you're backslidden, turn around. If you're running in the wrong direction, turn around. If, you, if you're not on fire for God like you used to be, get fired up again in the name of Jesus. Run to him. May God bless you. Love you to life.